You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. The mining market is very frothy right now. There is a lot of money pouring into it. There's almost um, a mania uh, in terms of get into deals, to get into opportunities that I haven't seen, you know, at least in the last two or three years that we've been doing this, but really in the last 10 years. And there is a very good chance, I believe, in the short term that we're going to see a pullback on these stocks. We're going to see, I guess, this mania, as I've been calling it, calm down and the share prices to fall back. This is Mining Stock Education, and I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. I'm speaking today with Jamie Keach of Resource Insider. Website is resource-insider.com. I'll also put a link in the show notes below if you want to click that and go check out what Jamie has to offer. He has a deal-making service that he provides to accredited investors where he brings them access to deals, private placements, usually with warrants that they would not otherwise have access to. Jamie also writes a newsletter. He's an investor and entrepreneur in the mining sector, so I asked him to come on to share his insights about what's going in, going on in the mining sector right now. With that being said, Jamie, thank you again for joining me. Yeah, Bill, thanks for having me. You have a big win recently with uh, Vizsla Resources, and you did one of your documentaries on YouTube uh, regarding that project. So was that luck or superior investing insights at work with this successful investment? Well, my first answer has to be it comes down to pure genius on our part, Bill. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there's a bit more to it than that. Uh, so is it? So I guess the question you're asking is it, did we know this was going to happen? Was this, you know, a deliberate investment or was it luck? And I would say, you know, the truthful answer to that is both. It's both. Um, you know, to for the most part, commonly to succeed in exploration is takes an element of luck being on your side, right? You're drilling these properties, especially a company like Diesel. It is a drill play. They're looking to make a new discovery. They, you know, by the very nature of it, they're exploring something that's unknown and they're using the drill bit to answer that question. So they have to get lucky and find the thing that they're looking for. However, the thesis by which they went after this, the geological thesis, um, the work program that they put in place to systematically explore uh, the Panuco district where they're, where they're based in Sinaloa, Mexico, uh, and then, of course, the management team's ability to deliver on that. You know, this was all very, very thought out on our part as investors and, of course, uh, even more so on their part as the company and the management behind that company. So it's it kind of comes to that, you know, that old saying, it's like, Luck is what preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, they prepared well, they did everything right, and the thesis played out. So does that answer the question? It's a combination of the two, I believe. That does. And I'd like to ask you about another investment you did over a year ago into Northern Vertex. Uh, we did a webcast together with this company about a year ago. The share price has been performing well as of recent. Do you have any updated commentary on this investment? I mean, Northern Vertex took off last week. So we came in at... 24 cents and i think that was about a year and a half ago and now it's at 43 cents and this was one of our uh believe it or not has been one of our worst performing investments we've done and it's been very frustrating for me over the last year because the guys at northern vertex have been doing a great job they um you know they were well financed they sorted out a tremendous number of problems on site they expanded their permitting they updated their team they did everything right. They increased production month over month over month. 
and the market did not pay attention at all. And it was highly frustrating to see, frankly, some very, very subpar companies, you know, exploding over the last few months um, in a good way in terms of the share price going up. And Northern Vertex kind of just plodding along business as usual. But they released their uh, latest quarterly results um, uh, about a week ago. They had some really, really good numbers there. It really showed the progress they've done. And the market has really woken up to this. And the share price has risen uh, to reflect that. So I guess I'll just echo that I'm very happy with it. I think it's a long time coming and very well deserved on the behalf of the company. What about private placements in the money, Jamie? When you see a private placement that is offered deep in the money as an investor, accredited investor, what is your initial reaction to a placement like this? Awesome. <laughs> that's my, that's my, okay. Okay. Simply that is my, my reaction. I like to see that right now. Frankly, we just did one. It's very similar to that. Uh, we invested in a company that was trading around $2. We came in for a dollar with a half warrant. Uh, we're looking at several more. Well, frankly, I'm looking at three of those that we're going to be doing over the next six weeks as well. Um, so why the answer is, why do I like that? The mining market is very frothy right now. There is a lot of money pouring into it. There's almost um, a mania uh, in terms to get into deals, to get into opportunities that I haven't seen, you know, at least in the last two or three years that we've been doing this, but really in the last 10 years. And there is a very good chance, I believe, in the short term, that we're going to see a pullback on these stocks. We're going to see, um, I guess, this mania, as I've been calling it, calm down and the share prices to, to fall back. I think that will be a short-term pullback. I'm very, very bullish on how these companies perform over the next year. But I am cognizant that that's a real possibility. And there's been a lot of money piling into this space. And there's a lot of deals that are getting done at high valuations that would not have been able to get done even six months ago, certainly not two years ago. And I expect that we're going to see in the short term a pullback. We're going to see some of the, the mania of people piling into these stocks sort of cool off a bit. And we're going to see a lot of these share prices correct and drop down. Um, I do think this will be a, a short term thing. I'm very, very bullish on sort of the, the long-term case of the junior mining space, particularly over the next two years. But what we're trying to do is getting into these stocks, we wanna give ourselves a buffer zone so that if this pullback occurs, even if it drops by 50%, we're still in the money. There's still a lot of chance for us to uh, both retain and, and build value there. So we're looking for steep discounts and we're looking for warrants or half warrants to really increase the value of that upside. And we've got three of these that we're really lined up to do over the next probably six weeks. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Orn Resources is a junior exploration company with the appetite of a major, focused on finding the next globally significant discovery to create enormous potential upside for shareholders. It's one of the most aggressive exploration companies pursuing high-grade, scalable gold and copper deposits and has a premier seven-project portfolio including its two flagships, Committee Bay in the Arctic and Sombrero in Peru. With Orin's unparalleled technical team and highly experienced management with a history of success in advancing and monetizing exploration assets, Orin has been called 
one of the best in the junior exploration sector. Orin trades on the TSX and NYSE under the ticker AUG. To learn more, go to orinresources.com. That's A-U-R-Y-N resources.com. With your approach, and I know it can vary in uh, investment by investment, but would you often, after the four-month hold comes off, sell your initial capital, keep the warrants, and put it into the next deal? So the answer to that is maybe. Uh, you know, we have never sold uh, strictly after a four-month hold. It really, really depends what the company is doing. If they're out there exploring, drilling, getting good results, you know, we hold it. If I'm concerned about their ability to deliver, I would certainly be willing to sell and happy to sell if I thought that was the best course of action for myself and, and to our subscribers who we always disclose what we're going to do before we do. I had a recent guest on this show and he said that if a junior miner can't finance now, they either don't have a good project or a good management team. Would you go so far as to agree with him on that? Uh, I kind of agree with that, but I would say there is an exception to that, that there are a lot of good projects and good management teams who are not particularly capital market savvy. And this is an issue uh, and something we're certainly very cognizant of before we invest in anyone. But there are teams that don't really know where to go and get money. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of these CEOs that are engineers or geologists and have a great strong technical background, but they're not as savvy at connecting to the market. So that has its own challenges, but it doesn't mean that <laughs> everyone that is not, you know, raising tons and tons of money right now is an idiot. There is there is some middle ground there. Just from an outside perspective, when you were sharing about these private placements you're doing at a discount, that was my question is, are these management teams perhaps not so savvy or not so concerned about dilution? I mean, in these cases, with, without naming names, why are they offering it at such a discount to the market value? All right. Well, I would say there's, a, there's an element uh, amongst these management teams of sort of strike while the iron is hot. They're all very aware that money is readily available right now, and I think they're willing to uh, take a bit of a hit to get it in the door. And you know, there are these steep discounts, but often, you know, even at a, a significant discount, it's still way, way above where they were trading even two or three months ago. So for them uh, and for their existing shareholders, this is still a big win bringing it in at that price. So I think they're willing to take a bit more dilution than normal to get that money in under the fear uh, that perhaps that money won't be available to the same degree in six months from now or in 12 months in it from now. And I think that you know that's a reasonable fear for these junior mining CEOs to have because many of them have been working away at these projects for the last five, sometimes 10 years, and it's been so hard to raise capital. A lot of them are jumping on the opportunity while they have it. So, Jamie, you've interviewed in your podcast, and if my listeners aren't familiar, uh, Jamie hosts the Resource Insider podcast, and he also posts his interviews on YouTube. I would encourage you to go check that out and subscribe. You've interviewed people that are part of investment groups within the resource sector, the Oxygen Capital Group, the Discovery Group. There's also the Grasso Group. These groups obviously have some advantages in that they can pull resources together Typically, with shared services, they can have lower GNA costs. But as you analyze these groups and the pros and the cons, what would be some of the cons of investing in a company that's associated with one of these groups? Yeah, you know, I'll start by saying, on the whole, I'm very pro these groups. I think very often um, this, 
many mining projects, uh, you know, they're overstaffed. They have too big a management team and GNA, GNA takes up too much of their budget. Uh, so these groups are a really good solution to that where you can share uh, sort of a back office of corporate secretaries and CFOs and, and maybe a geologist that sort of overseeing things from an office. There's, there's all sorts of synergies that can occur here. However, uh, I would say the risk you run is sort of dilution of talent, right? If you've got sort of a star management team and maybe one guy is the chairman of all the companies or something like that, the issue is more and more of his team time and his team's time will automatically be drawn to the best or at least the most popular companies in their portfolio. Uh, that's just the nature of it. Obviously, when someone's getting great results and you know pulling out great drill holes and the share price is running, that's the exciting deal in the portfolio, and that's where everyone's going to want to be focusing. So the, the the downside or the potential downside is that, you know, the lesser deals or the less exciting deals, they get uh, resources sucked out of them. And if you're the guy that that happened to invest in one of those other ones, you know, you're um, you're kind of getting the short end of the stick there in terms of allocation of resources. Uh, you know, I just recently talked to Jim Patterson about this. Uh, from the from the discovery group, and he made the very good point that you know each one of these deals has to be able to stand on its own. It has to have the quality uh, of assets, and it has to have the quality of CEO that make it a, really an independent force within the group. And some companies do, some groups do that very very well, and others do that less well. And you want to be ensuring that if you're investing in a quote unquote group. You know, you're investing in either their star assets or that they have a reputation for really only having great projects and great companies in their portfolio. When it comes to jurisdictional risk, if you're looking at not a first tier or even second tier uh, jurisdiction, but maybe a third tier jurisdiction that has a really phenomenal project or excellent management team, would the quality of the project and the team cause you to overcome your objection to investing in a third tier jurisdiction? You know, Bill, it kind of feels like to me that everywhere in the world is a third tier jurisdiction <laughs> right now. You know, I look at the United States right now and I, I don't think it's a third tier jurisdiction, but I think there are real challenges with things getting locked down potentially and, and you know, limited freedom of movement and choice and all these things. So uh, to answer your question, yes, yeah, I would I would certainly be willing to consider, uh, you know, more challenging jurisdictions if they have the right team in place. And what I mean by the right team in place is frankly someone that has succeeded in that environment before. You know, if, if I invest in a management team in, uh, what do you say, West Africa or a challenging company, country rather in say Latin America, if the CEO has already pulled off a deal there or maybe in the neighboring jurisdiction, I'm gonna have a lot more faith than some guy who spent his entire career working in Nevada, all of a sudden going and staking ground down in Argentina. That's going to cause me uh, a bit of cause for concern. What's the easiest way for a non-technical, non-accredited retail investor to make money in the mining sector right now? So I'd say there are two options that the average person has, okay? If you're not an accredited investor, uh, if you can't buy my newsletter, which I obviously highly recommend, uh, I would say you either, one, want to be paying for help, or two, you want to be uh, making obvious choices. So let's start with paying for help. There are several great newsletters available that, are, that 
cater to retail investors and can make great, well-thought-out stock picks. There are also uh, several great mining brokers. We work with one of them. Uh, his name is Bernie DeGroote at Canaccord, who have great deal flow and have great uh, opinions to offer on, on companies, and they can be a tremendous amount of help to their clients and subscribers. You know, I, I think what a, the, the challenge that a lot of investors fall into, uh, and this is obviously non-technical, non-financial resource investors, but also, you know, people who actually work in this space is they don't know what they don't know. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in the hype of things. It's very easy to overestimate your ability to evaluate something or your expertise. I mean, we're very careful of that at Resource Insider when we're looking at a certain deposit type. I make sure I bring in and consult to the geologists that are expert at that deposit type or expert in that part of the world. So it's very easy to overestimate your ability to, to recognize challenges in these, in these places and on these projects. And it's a trap that many people fall into. So I would say if you're unexperienced in this, or even if you're mo moderately experienced, highly recommend you bring, you build the right team around you, whether it's newsletters or brokers or contacts of some sort, or using free, free resources like your podcast, like my podcast that helps you know, provide information on different companies and different CEOs and strategies. The second option is just, you know, do the obvious, right? You don't need to, if, if you're not very, very serious about resource investing, you don't need to try to eke out every inch of value. You can buy the companies that are going to perform well in a good market. I mean, that starts with buying an ETF to get exposure to the junior gold mining space. And then I would say, you know, buy the, the, um, you know, the platinum investments, not the, not the platinum metal, but the, the top tier investments, the Sandstorm Golds, the Equinox Golds, Silver Wheaton, Barrick, things like this that we know those companies are still going to be there in six months or six years from now. We know they're managed by highly competent teams. They have a track record of success and they have a track record of going up in good markets. And for the average investor, that's going to get you 90% of where you want to be. And you'll definitely not lose money that way or less likely to lose you'll, money. <laughs> you'll definitely lose less money that way. How about we say it yes. like that? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right? Barrick's not going to zero. You know, that's, no. that's the reality. And it's easy to find a junior company that will go to zero. Well, uh, outside of gold, you're very bullish on the precious metals, as am I, and as I would assume most of my listeners are. But other than gold and silver, uh, any commodities that have your attention right now? Copper, 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 copper. Copper is the bedrock element of the entire world. Everything that we use and everything of any value is made with copper. And it is had a little bit of a run lately. And I think in the next 18 months, copper is going to really, really come into its own. There are a lot of things happening in the world uh, that I think will spark that. Um, you know, none other than or none more so than these stimulus packages that we're likely to see coming out of COVID-19 when we're going to see the U.S. start churning out infrastructure and things like that. So that's that's one of the reasons I'm very bullish on copper. You know, like when we look at the TSXV, if you're looking at investing in these junior companies, about 70% of all junior companies are gold companies. And then almost like, you know, 20% of the rest or 20% is copper companies. And then the rest, you know, maybe less than 10% is everything else, the lithiums, the cobalts, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So after precious metals, 
copper is where you really want to find yourself. It's hard to find great copper assets in small companies. Uh, there are a few out there. The one that I'm primarily invested in is Solaris Copper. I've been along that for a long time. Uh, just recently went public. It's run by a great team. Uh, it was built by a lot of the people that I worked with on a regular basis. It spun out of Equinox, where I used to work, as uh, some of your listeners might know. So that's what I like right now, but we're looking at a lot of other things as well. Jamie, before you go, uh, what type of feedback have you been getting from your subscribers? I mean, Bill, we're up about 125% since inception. You know, We post online our returns uh, of, I think, the 12, 13 deals we've done. Only one of them is not up significantly, and I suspect that's going to change very drastically over the coming two months. So suffice it to say, our members are very happy. Uh, you know, I think I did the math. I did do the math, and I think we have made people somewhere on the order of 15 to $16 million over the last two years. So happy days for our members. It's obviously been a very good market over the last, call it three or four months, but we've outperformed it and, you know, I plan on keep doing that. So yeah, good times for us. Mm -hmm. And I recently referred a high net worth friend of mine to Jamie's service. And I know that he's already invested in at least one of Jamie's deals. So I have referred a personal friend. Anything more that listeners should know about what you offer over there at resource-insider.com? I would just say if you're an accredited investor, uh, if you're looking to allocate a significant amount of capital into the mining, gold, natural resource space over the next two to three years, reach out to me. We can give you an in-depth uh, overview of everything we do, how we make decisions, and show you why we've been able to perform so well. Excellent. Website again is resource-insider.com. Jamie, thanks for coming on today's show. Bill, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.